Hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode of Enlightened Conversations is hosted and produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. It's Michelle Lightworker here and welcome to another Enlightened Conversation. I have a very special guest with me that I'm very intrigued about and I cannot wait to learn more about. Michael Clark is a master communicator with mind, body and soul. Michael has spent 31 years mastering communication with humans, the universe and himself. After drowning at the age of two, Michael felt connected and disconnected to reality and spirituality. However, he has managed to build a bridge between the two and find true alignment. Michael is a life pilot, helping coaches and entrepreneurs all over the globe to master their own navigation and communication with themselves and others. Welcome, Michael. Welcome, my pleasure to be here, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me. I, as I said, I'm really, I'm really excited to get to know you and um, often people might kind of think that's a bit weird. Well, Michelle, you should know people before they're on your show. But the opposite is true. Um, a lot of the time I might have received um, an article like the Lightworker Advocate magazine or um, a little message from someone um, and, they're, and they're saying, I'm, I'm curious about your show. I'm interested in what you're doing. And there's some kind of energy resonance there already and the, the message that I get through is they need to be on your show. And so I'm like, okay, and I just go with that. And sometimes it's really good not to know a lot because I get to unpack a present. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, plenty to unpack. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, so I, I guess the first thing I really wanted to, to share with you is that I loved your um, article on, you might not know this, so I'm going to tell you something about me. I loved your article on honesty that you wrote for Lightworker Advocate magazine this summer edition because you were talking about, um, I loved the unleash your honesty um, topic. I loved that you focused on that you need to be honest with yourself before you can be honest with other people. And the reason I say that is because when I channeled through the Lightworker Practitioner Training and the 12 principles that came through, when I was first channeling through the first principle, which was honesty, the first thing that was told to me was people, in order for people to be honest, they need to be honest with themselves first, then they need to be honest with spirit because they need to take that to spirit and ask what of this do I share with others? And then the third thing is then they, they need to be honest with others in, in that order. And so when I read your article, even though you hadn't that, no, probably known anything about me or what I do or anything, I just thought that was amazing that you spoke to that straight away. And not only that, you went deep, you went deep into that being honest with yourself, you know, on, th on three levels, which I'd love to talk to about with you. But yeah, I just wanted you to know that. No, I appreciate that. It's funny, a lot of people don't actually connect to it or understand it. It's a communication with yourself, which is honesty. It's such a major thing that 
people avoid. <laughs> well, I avoided it for so many years and it wasn't until I stopped avoiding it that things started to change and move forward for myself in a, in a positive and healthy manner. Yeah, I know. It's funny how things shift when you start, to be honest. I think um, when, I, when I look at that sort of like principle of honesty on a vibrational frequency, I always feel like, you know, the dishonesty stuff that we live in, like hiding from ourselves and um, when we hide from ourselves, obviously we're hiding from other people, but when we live in that cloak of like dishonesty from, from ourselves and hiding our light, hiding our truth, from ourselves, hiding our feelings. Um, what what I find is energetically, it's it's like a there's a dampening down around our energy field of our light. People kind of can see it. I really think they can. And I feel like in terms of leadership, you know how you're you're working with coaches and entrepreneurs. Um, the thing that they really need to know is if they are they are actually wearing that kind of cloak. That the people that are you know, their clients or the people that they're perhaps coaching or the people that they're educating, those people who are getting honest will see the, the, the veil or the deceit. They'll see it, yeah? Yeah, 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 definitely. And generally you'll find the coaches and entrepreneurs I've worked with and even looking in my past, you attract those people that actually see that you're disconnected and they take advantage of that. Unfortunately, Absolutely. you may not see <laughs> yeah. So, and it's you, a lot of times you don't see it at the point in time. It's not until later down the track you actually look back and go, wow. And it's not actually them, it's actually you. Because you're so disconnected, you actually, and the way you communicate to yourself, you, you attract that dishonesty. Because when you're being dishonest with yourself, everyone believes, well, I can be dishonest with you as well. And it's just a vibrational thing that happens, I believe, that you may not physically originally notice it, but it's always happening vibrationally. Yeah, absolutely. And I loved how you, you, you know, you mentioned three things. And I guess for me, um, when I, when I look at the whole human being, I'm always looking at how we think, how we feel and what we do. So those, or what we, you know, uh, how our body is, you know, how, how, how things come into the physical. And so for me, when I read the article and you were, you were talking about three things about like, tears i guess about being honest with yourself and talking about that you know you need to have this love for yourself and you need to have this um worthiness and on, on a feeling level intuition on a on a you know like a a, a body-based level i guess intuition so being honest with what's coming through your body um you know when it comes to your feelings, being in a compassionate and loving space for being able to hold the space for your inner child, being able to bring love to that part of yourself. And then from the thinking point of view, um, to have that self-worthiness and it really resonated with me because I'm thinking to myself, you know what, if we were all really honest with who we are, like on a, on a head level, we would go, we are completely connected to the divine. This is definitely our birthright. This is actually the reality of who we are. This is the honest truth about who we are. And when we operate from that level on our thoughts and then on the love frequency for our feelings and, and, and honest about our vulnerability and everything that's going on and then on a, a body level with our intuition, that's the package, isn't it, right there with honesty with ourselves? Yeah, it's, it's huge. You're spot on there, Michelle. It's, it's funny you say, you, you mentioned about having it go through you and it just brought me straight to something. It's like 
I think when, when you understand that it comes through you, I think that's true alignment. And I think that's where, for me, where I am now is true alignment and enabling it to come through you. And I think a lot of people actually believe it's only it's either within them or it's external and they don't actually let it just ride through them. And I think that's the key to the alignment is having it go through you rather than believing it's in you or externally out of you. Yeah, and yeah, it, it is very much, um, you know, when I think about like mindfulness and I think about, you know, what is truth and it, it, it's something that, you know, you could say, well, this is truth, this is truth and this is cement, cemented the truth uh, forever and eternity, you know, that kind of thing. Or you could say, well, you know what, like right now my truth is this, it's flowing through me, I can feel it in my body, I know that it's resonating with who I feel I am as a light being, as, as, as spirit having this human experience, um, you know, or it is coming through another part of me that's feeling a bit vulnerable and it's my humanity and I need to listen to it. And I think when we can actually sit in the pocket of those three things, wow, we are, I, I believe we are navigating this human existence on a higher vibrational frequency. And, you know, we can't, I mean, we can try and disown the fact that we're, that we're, you know, human beings. <laughs> I think a lot of us have. <laughs> but I think it's probably easier to uh, get honest about it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think I find as well, even, sorry, just going back to the people that I work with, the coaches and that, I find I work with a lot of, you've ever got the ones that are heavy spiritual, you've got the ones that are heavy practical or reality-wise. And, and for me, I'm, I sit in the middle and I think you need to find that alignment because if you're drawn too far away from reality, it actually pulls you away from being able to have the total effect that you're here to have. And yes. if you're drawn too far into practicality or reality, you're actually drawn away from being here to provide the messages that you're getting sent because you're just blocking them out. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, I, I agree. Um, I love that word alignment. And why I love that word is because for me, enlightenment is all about being in, in balance and I believe that there's always these polarities. Um, you know, we, we may think, you know, we, we, we need to dismiss the darkness or we can actually translate darkness as being um, earthed, um, gravitational pull, um, density, um, yin, you know. Uh, we, can, we, can, we can translate light as yang, expansion, you know, out there connected to the spirituality but if you don't have the balance of the yin and the yang you cannot apply um the the high vibrational frequencies to earth because you're not you're not allowing yourself to be to be in it but you're right it's like if we get too earth if we get too contracted if we get too walled off from spirit we don't hear we don't see and we're in our own little bubble so there's that there's that real um balance i like the alignment word because it really helps for me to remind me of you know, always keeping things in balance is, 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 is the maintenance and the journey of enlightenment, isn't it? Yeah, it is indeed. I, I agree with you. And I think that's, that's a big struggle for a lot of people because they, they don't want to see the dark sort or, or they don't want to see the light. And in reality, you, you, well, you look at a 24-hour day, we see dark and light, don't we? That's the human experience. It's, you need to see both dark and light to be able to as I say, be in alignment and live the aligned life that you need to and, and want to live, that's best not just for you but everyone around you as well. And it's, it's funny, it's just so many people get caught on 
either the dark side or the light side and, and they stick to that side and get caught with a tunnel vision of that's that's where they need to be where it's actually not it's funny i talk a lot of people talk about positive and negative but personally i don't enjoy those words i talk about healthy and unhealthy and i find that a lot of people try and strive to be healthy and ignore the unhealthy now you can't do that because you ignore it it's going to keep creeping up on you it's going to keep slapping you in the face until you talk to it or listen to it and, and so many people don't get that but you need the unhealthy and the healthy because in reality that's what life is dark and light you can't have life without both yeah absolutely and um i, I mean i'm big on embracing the shadow and and, and transforming the low vibrational energy so that we find the light within it because there's always a gift it brings a learning or a um you know yeah and it's so much easier life is so much easier when you can do that um and it's so much easier when you when you can earth the light um i think it is because it, it keeps you connected to the human race which is what where we've chosen to actually incarnate um, so we've got to, at some point, accept that we've chosen to be here um, and, and learn how to do being a human, but also not disconnecting from that spiritual aspect of ourselves as well. So this really, uh, it's a big thing, isn't it? Um, finding the balance, um, giving us permission to be both, being, being a spirit and being a human being. Yeah, it, I agree, Michelle. I think the key word there was permission. And you've got to give, as you said, you've got to give yourself permission to be comfortable in both the spirit and the light and both and the dark and the reality as well and again it's it's so lopsided out there and it's it's actually great to see people like yourself and even having these conversations that people are starting to understand the need to accept both because that's that's what true alignment is that's what uh, effective communication is with the universe with where we are now with yourself and the more people can start realising that and doing that, the much better of a place it's going to be. And you say we've been incarnated here for a reason. Well, I think the reason is to find that alignment between the both. I agree 100%. I, yeah. I feel like that's, um, you know, my enlightenment for sure. Um, I, I believe it's a daily, minute by minute um, uh, exercise uh, in mindfulness and honesty. Um, it's certainly not about perfection because it's just no way we'd be able to do it perfectly. So <laughs> we might as well get up our own back and <laughs> allow ourselves to be human. Um, but also to embrace the support that we have that comes streaming through. Because I do believe that when we give ourselves permission to, to step into our light space and also to be human, we, we really attract that support spiritually, don't we? And, 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 and not only spiritually, but I believe spirit speaks through people, works through people so, and, and resources. And we do really attract that to us when we give ourselves permission, really. I mean, wholeheartedly, I'm talking about like making the decision and, and saying, yes, I am, I am a human being. Yes, I am a spiritual being. And I am saying yes to you, universe, to support me with both those things. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you've probably found it yourself though, Michelle, you can say yes sometimes and it gives you an overload and sometimes you've got to set boundaries and go, hold up. <laughs> we do a up on saying yes here or who, who's this message for? Because it's not always for you. And it's, it's, as you said, it's quite interesting how it comes through yourself and other people to deliver that message. And I think that's the thing that people find tough sometimes as well because they get all these messages and they believe it's for them. And it's not always for them. It's going through you to deliver to someone else. But people actually 
get fearful of that and that's when they I feel they shut off to that spiritual side and go into the reality side and start blocking things out. Yeah, it's interesting. People think um, it's kind of ironic that they think they should know, but they don't ask. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know, but I won't ask, but I'll just assume that it's for me. I mean, it's it's kind of funny, really. Um, but yeah, I think it is, it is about learning how to ask. I think one of the things that I see a lot is a denial around thinking that we have made ourselves the be all and end all and that we should know. And if we don't, there's something wrong with us. So we won't admit we don't know or we'll admit we don't know. But at the same time, if we're going to admit we don't know, we'll admit we don't care because we don't want to admit we really don't know because then that would tap us into too much shame. So we'd rather just not care and just go, oh, it's too hard, oh, it's too overwhelming. Oh, just and, and so it's kind of like we really need to come back into humility and say, you know what? And I will, I will be the first to admit that I know for a fact that I don't know everything <laughs> and, <laughs> and that I'm cool with that because I've been told by spirit, you're not meant to know everything because if you, if you knew everything before it happened, what's the point? You need to live the journey, Michelle. It's like, absolutely. And if I thought I had to know everything, I would just be coming from a place of fear. That's for sure, because I would be going, well, I have to know, because if I don't know, then what? Oh, 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 it's not okay, and that's rubbish. It is okay, and it's absolutely perfect not to know. Yeah, it is. It is. I look at it this way. I know everything that I'm not meant to know. <laughs> so I've always got to find something else to know. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, I love that's, it. That's, a, oh, that's evolving, though, isn't it? That's all part of the process. It's and I think it was a, it's a big thing for me as well. I took that was part of my journey. Is I was one that had to control everything and thought that I knew everything, and you don't. It's, there's actually there's so much out there that you can learn or know that you never learn at all. You only need to know, learn or know what you're here to be provided to learn and know and pass on to others. Yeah. So you you're in Adelaide, aren't you? You're in um, yeah. South Australia. I am. Yes. So um, I've never been. I've never been to South Australia. I just wanted to say that straight off the bat that that I have friends who are from South Australia, but I've never been there. And I I think it it looks like a really interesting place um, to energetically to 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 go to. Yeah, it is. I, I love South Australia. I've been here for three years, so I've been fairly travelled myself. I was um, born in Sydney, lived on the Central Coast, which is an hour north of Sydney. Lived in Perth and then came from Perth to here in Adelaide for business. And I love it here. I, I, I'd been here once when I was 16, I think, previously, and that was only for, like, sporting. And I love it here. I think it's so great because it's got everything. It's, everyone's so homely, I say, in terms of they, they communicate and they communicate in a, in a healthy manner. They, they're actually willing to communicate and talk with you. And you've got everything, you've got a city, and then half an hour out of it, you've got wineries, and then 15 minutes out of it, you've got beaches. So I love it. And it's a hidden gem that a lot of people just don't touch in Australia. And you look at a lot of the, um, the world places to go, Adelaide's in the top five. Wow. Yeah. How about that? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> So. 
I, 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 hey, I, I got to tell you, I was born in Sydney too. Um, and when I was 26, so 20 years ago now, I left Sydney because I, I think my, my energy around Sydney was, um, I, I didn't realise it at the time, but I was in, a, in an environment where I felt like I was highly empathic, but I didn't know it. And I was taking on a lot of the energies that were um, in the city because I'd actually been working in the city at Passable College while I was studying Steiner education. I'd been, I'd been working in the admin, in the student services section of Passable College, helping, helping my crew get through basically um, their studies. And I... Had, after my studies, I finished um, and I, I went, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to jump in my car. I had, took my, my little dog, a little dash hound, little puck, his name is Puck. And um, yeah, popped him in the car, put my dinner in the car, some clothes and off I went. I didn't know where I was going to head. I just felt like, you know what, I'm just going to give myself permission to to drive and to see where I turn up because at that point I really the world was my oyster I had done a short stint at being a Steiner teacher in Barrel but it was way too cold it was freezing I couldn't it was 10 degrees in January come on people there's no way I was going to survive there okay let's just say that I you know I'm on the Sunshine Coast it's like 30 degrees you know much more my cup of tea um but uh, I think the thing that I learned about being a Steiner teacher and I I, I really enjoyed my class and I loved the kids and had actually taken on uh, someone else's class for a very short time um, because it didn't resonate with me as I found out to be a teacher of children per se um, in that formal way. But the thing I learned about myself was that I was really giving myself permission when I didn't quite know where I was meant to be um, to not commit to a seven year journey with children um, when I knew it wasn't right. You know, trusting that, being honest, trusting that intuition. Anyway, jumped in the car, ended up in Byron Bay. So I headed north and I ended up in Byron Bay, um, lived there for a couple of years. And then after I fell pregnant with my daughter, who's now 18, um, headed up to the Sunshine Coast and I've been here ever since. And that's since 1998. So I've, yeah, I've been here 18 years. And like you, I kind of have the best of both worlds. I feel like I've got the city of Brisbane, which is like an hour away. I'm, I'm actually on the beach. We've got like the hinterland about 20 minutes in, uh, which means I can go climb a mountain. I can go on a national park bushwalk and it's just really, you know, you've got that kind of close to everything, but feeling like you can breathe, I guess. And I think as if I'm going to be honest with myself, um, I could, I could probably live in a city so much better now than I ever did before. You know what I mean? Because I've, I've got that level of understanding of how I've got to, manage my energy but back then I just I really just had no clue <laughs> so that's a little bit yeah. of my story <laughs> yeah interesting. it's funny as, as you're talking about I'm thinking about how disconnected Sydney is and then you said you ended up in Boron where she's just over connected so you went from fully disconnected to connected that's hilarious uh, I know can I just tell you yes because we're talking about polarities right so I ended up in Byron Bay and it was fine. Um, but I just knew as soon as I fell pregnant, you know what, Michael, I just knew there is no way I am bringing up my kid here. 
And the reason why I tell you that is because it's so transient. It's just so transient. There's just no stability. Um, you know, to be a local there, you'd need to be there for like 20 years before anyone acknowledged you were local, you know, that kind of thing. So even though it had that sense of, oh, everybody's welcome here and it's so open and everything, really, it was very clicky. The locals, you know, they just wanted to stick to the locals and the, you know, transient people, if you're a vegan, you'd stick to your vegan circle. If you're a this, you'd stick to that circle. Kind of clicky to the point of ridiculous in a lot of ways. Um, I, I'm so, in one word, I can describe myself, eclectic, okay? So I am, I am a vegan and I am a fruitarian and I am a person who eats meat and I, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can embrace everything. So I'm, I'm more that person. So I found myself a little bit feeling like, you know, there's not, a, it's not grounded enough for me here to bring up a kid. So right. And came up to the Sunshine Coast, knowing the kids that I've had, my two daughters, um, have required, they went to Steiner schools for primary school, but they've needed to go to mainstream, experience mainstream, understand how the world works, understand how computers work, you know, they've really got a, a well-rounded education. I even sent them to a Christian school for a little bit of time so that they could understand, um, you know, private education through a Christian school, and then they need the public. So they've had like seriously uh, the rainbow of education, which I, I'm really glad about because they're both into justice and things like that now. It's kind of interesting. Um, and um, studying social justice and things like that and law and I'm like, whoa, these kids, um, what's going on? <laughs> so. Uh, so you've given them the world and now they've got the choice of which part of it they take. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Like, it's so easy to get caught up in little, like, niches. Have you, have you got kids that don't know much about your, your family? No, I don't things? have my own kids. I've got um, a stepdaughter, so my partner's got a little girl, so she's only seven. So it's funny, just watching her evolve over the last oh, three years has been it's amazing just watching the transition they make these kids. Because I have a huge interest in kids in terms of how they communicate and how they go about things. And I'm a big one that a lot of a lot of adults have been affected in their first nine years. So it's interesting to see how, how you interact with them and how kids interact and then seeing how they actually change over the years. Not just her, but even her friends as well at school. And, and you can see it's just behaviour after behaviour passed down from parent or grandparent or even teacher. <laughs> it's, it's intriguing. I, I really oh, love yeah. taking notice of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing too is um, uh, we, can, we can be too overprotective of our kids, um, you know, in lots of ways. I mean... Um, you know, with Steiner education, if I'd gone the whole Steiner route, they never would have touched a computer or watched a television program, which um, I feel like, you know, well, computers and television weren't around when, when Rudolf Steiner was bringing forth his education, but he was really big on story. Like, I'm, I'm talking major. Like, he was, you tell kids stories, they're going to actually process, they're going to get in touch with themselves, they're going to, you know, they're going to, understand that journey of themselves big on big on let, letting the kid go on a journey of the story because that is what speaks to their actual soul like they're feeling life 
And so for me, um, I always looked at television and movies and things like that in a good way. Like if you expose kids to the right kind of television or the right kind of story, then it's working for them. And you can't, the thing is, is that if, if, if the kids of our generation are surrounded by certain energies, you, you, you can't stop that. It's, it's everywhere, whether it's flooding through the television or their friend or the teacher. And so it's about like helping kids learn how to actually have, have their own reality and, you know, be able to define what is honestly their truth or what feels right, what doesn't. That's that intuition, isn't it, when it kicks in. Is this right for me? Does this feel right? If it doesn't, that's cool. But, okay, I'll just need to sit with it or even talk to my stepdad or my mum about what was said so that I can actually get an opinion, you know? Yeah, it's... It's funny you say it's funny you say that, but I actually enjoy that you talk about stories because I talk about stories all the time and it's our life is a story. And it's I think a lot of people when they're communicating, what drives them forward or holds them back is the way they tell stories. It's the stories they're telling themselves about their past life, about their current life, or about their future life. And a lot of people even you look on lots of Facebook and all the social media these days, what do you get caught reading or looking at? Something that's got a story to it. And that's, yep. that's what communication and life's all about. It's all about stories. And again, we've learned that from the time we we're, well, were born, basically, didn't we? It's, it's like we're constantly told stories by our parents. And so it's a way that we naturally interact and connect with things. And you learn so much out of stories. Like I always sit there and think when I'm talking to friends of mine or when I'm listening to stuff, when they tell stories, I do more processing when they're telling stories and when I'm telling stories, I tell that much. It's amazing the processing yeah. communication can have with yourself and others through stories. Yes. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited because Spirit told me I'd be making movies in my 50s, which gives me four years. I don't know how that's going to happen. But anyway, um, <laughs> somehow um, that'll happen. And I, I kind of, I have been told some things about my life for a lot, for like repeatedly. So, so I kind of go, and there are obviously things I need to know. And, and, and that's one of them. And, um, and I'm, I'm excited about that because I'm very passionate about, I'm, I'm very passionate about exactly what you said before. Very, very passionate about there's no good. There's no bad. There's no right. There's no wrong. Really. It's, it's, it's what's, it's, it's what's working for that person's enlightenment in that moment that matters, right? So, therefore, if there's an experience or story that the, you know, adult or child has been living that they want to change because they feel like I've had enough of that story because I've learned from that story and I've exhausted that story. There's nothing really more for me to learn here. I need to now create a new story. Um, then they can go on and master that for themselves, which I feel like when I hear that word life pilot, I feel like that's what's coming through around what you do actually helping people to rewrite the story. Is that kind of what you, what you, what you do? It's part of it. It's, it's not the core of it. So part of the process I go through is if it depends on the person, as you said, if they need to rewrite stories, well then I'll work with them to rewrite stories. <laughs> Uh, they may need to write stories in a more communicative way when they're doing videos or when they're trying to express themselves more on stage and in the media and things like that. But the way I like to put life pilot is, so just imagine for a minute that you're a plane, right? 
you can't actually go anywhere without a pilot starting you. You, you. you can't go anywhere. And, you, and imagine trying to launch, if you're a plane, just imagine feeling that you're a plane and trying to launch without a pilot. It just wouldn't happen. <laughs> and then the planes can't get to their chosen destination without a pilot navigating them. So that's, that's what I do with people. I work with them on how to, how to start, how to launch, and how to navigate. And I do that in different forms. It's all, it's all focused around communication. But also, it's communication with yourself. It's communication verbally. It's communication written. It's body language communication. And it's also about organising your knowledge. So many people struggle to organise their knowledge. It's, it's funny how many people go scattergun everywhere. And it's because they've got so much knowledge, they just don't know how to focusly communicate it in a way that needs to be done. And a, a lot of my work that I do with people that are at the starting stage is organising their knowledge. Well, before your plane can take off or, or start, you need to know, organise that whole plane. And that's what I do with people, generally organise their knowledge before they can start and take off. And it's a key step that a lot of people struggle with. And I, I put it as the sole purpose or reason why people struggle to communicate effectively because they don't have their knowledge organised, which means they struggle to get across the message that they're trying to communicate because it's, it's all over the place. It's like I had the issue myself. You know, I can communicate great myself. I can communicate great about business. I can communicate great about sales. I can communicate great about sports. But it's no good trying to communicate about that every day. <laughs> like I need to had to organise that knowledge and go, okay, where does where do I have to channel this and focus it to communicate it? And that's a big thing that I work with people with and on that that once they get it, so like, oh wow, that's talk about enlightenment. That's <laughs> like an enlightenment moment from it. It's and it's amazing to see. I just love seeing the smiles on people's faces when they get it. You know, it's just a, that light bulb moment. Go, oh, that's all it was. <laughs> so that's that's where the life pilot concept came from i love that i love that and once again you just bring that balance because like you're saying you know you can have lots of ideas but if you don't harness the knowledge that you have and 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 channel it in the direction that you you really feel that your your knowledge is 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 wanting to go it's almost like if you look at knowledge as a collective gift from spirit um, that perhaps is innately what you're good at and what you're here to do. If, if you've got a lot of it, but then you haven't got that framework and structure to be able to channel it in the right direction or in the right way, um, that is, um, you know, basically in alignment with what you're here for. It can feel like that. I see that a lot, like a lot of gifted people and they just don't, they're just, yeah, it's, it's a lot of information that's scattered everywhere. I think for me, um, when, I, when, I, when I'm applying what you're saying to myself, because I feel like that I really want to do that now, um, I feel like for me my message is about, to enlighten myself, is, is, is really about um, drawing on high vibrational frequencies to support me um, and the 12 principles, um, when they came through for me, they were knowledge, I guess, but they were channeled through me. 
And the framework that I've actually been able to deliver those, those principles in has been the Everyday Lightworker Bible, has been the Lightworker Practitioner Training, has been Lightworker Advocate Magazine. And also it's like in all my conversations that I'm having at the moment with the Enlightened Conversation Show, I'm, I'm always feeling like I'm calling on those, those principles in, in the dialogue, maybe not in such a formal way, like, oh, let's talk about honesty and now let's talk about peace and let, now let's... But in whatever relevance, you know, they come up. And I feel like for me, that's my gift or my knowledge to the world. And yet I've had to still be quite organised with regards to the delivery. But not only that, I've, I've had to um, be flexible because there have been times, I mean, I didn't know I'd be doing this show like 10 years ago um, or 15 years ago when I channeled the Lightworker Practitioner Training and the Principles through. I didn't know that I'd, that I'd write a book about it or 10 books. I didn't, I didn't know that I'd have a magazine. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's kind of having that balance again, isn't it? To, to go, yeah, well, this is my knowledge and, and yet let it be organic, but let, it, let me deliver it in the way that spirit, the universe is um, calling me to do that right now. And I, I kind of even feel like moving forward in the future, this would be, you know, I'm making movies, but I'd be probably along the lines of, well, let's bring out this principle, that principle to shine the light on that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do, definitely. And I, for me, I think you've got really great organised knowledge. because, And you see it in the way people communicate. It's like you're always talking about enlightenment and that's your organised knowledge. It's like I'm always talking about communication because that's your organised knowledge. Just because that's your organised knowledge doesn't mean that's at the end of it. You've got all these underlying layers like honesty, peace and those types of things. Just like I've got organised knowledge and things underneath my communication process. but And that's the main thing that a lot of people don't get. It's like, oh, but I can't just give that because I've got all these all these other things. It's like, that's great, put them in it. But you need to have, well, it's, it's the human experience, isn't it? You need to have that, that personal front that people relate to to then actually go dig underneath and, and give all the deepness underneath it. And it's, it's a huge thing that so many people don't understand or don't get. And you know what, it's not by fault of theirs, it's just that they've never had anyone communicate it with them or discuss it or enlighten them on how to do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's certainly um, a wonderful gift that you bring to the world, Michael, to be able to help hold people's hand to help them to find that. I, I imagine that it's a bit like having, like, this is the visual I, I'm getting, that, you know, you go to the market, you buy a pot plant, it's in a little, it's a little pot plant, it's in a little pot, and you're like, wow, you know what, this is a beautiful pot plant, I can't wait to take it home, I can't wait to plant it, and you, you take it home, you plant it, and then it just grows into this incredible bush, and you get to watch it grow, and I kind of feel like, you know, it needed to come out of the pot to grow, and you're helping people to, you know, actually transition from the, the pot plant out of the pot into another space where they can actually flourish and you i hope um get to appreciate that that growth and and watch that over the years because i can imagine you will and also people are often are, are receiving the fruit and the and the and the beautiful you know flowers and aroma and everything that plant is actually there for and i feel like that's kind of what i see your role is is really helping people to blossom and ground themselves and 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 so that they can really reach their their true potential yeah definitely michelle i love, I love the way you put that about the pot action and as you're saying that it got me 
communicating with myself and thinking about things. And you're so right. It's like I'm getting people out of the pot to then ground themselves. And I'm just coming along and watering them every now and then with things that they need. And, and they do all the growth themselves. So I'm just there to water them. <laughs> so they produce everything they need. It's just a matter of me putting water on them to help them to keep growing and to keep producing what they need. Yeah. That's lovely. So you talking about water, you, you, you had an experience with water when you were two. So I, I, I can, I can, I can share this with you. I haven't actually shared this with any, I don't think I've shared this with many people, but I don't, I don't avoid talking about it. But when I was five, I nearly drowned. I didn't drown, but I nearly drowned. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what it was like for you. I'm happy to share what it was like for me. Do you, do you have memories around it? To be honest, I don't have huge memories. The only time I've really, like it's something I always put aside to me. Um, and I've obviously gone back and rewritten the story myself, but still there's, like I get, still get a feeling, but it's like a, it's a feeling now that's a bit numb because I've obviously, I've desensitised it. Not in, a, not in a bad way, in a, in a positive way now. It was in a bad way previously, but now it's in a positive way. I'll actually appreciate that it happened to me now and it's enabled me to be who I am and go forward more. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't have a lot of recollection around it. You know, it's like a lot of things though, you've got memories, but I, I try and trace the feeling a lot and, and the feelings you now desensitise. Originally when I was doing the work on it, I had huge charges and that on it. It wasn't a visual, but I could feel it. Yeah, but um, since I've done the work, it's just a neutral thing now. I, I still go back and still see parts of it, like not visually, but voice here of what's going on. Yeah. Um, but I just use it for wisdom. Every now and then I go back and just use it for wisdom. Yeah. What was the, um, was it, was your drowning experience a catalyst for awakening? Um, Cause you do refer it, refer about it um, in, in, in your work. So I'm curious about that. I think for me it was a, I believe, yeah, it was, it was an awakening. I, I don't look at it like that. I always feel like I've always had new levels of awakening along my journey. Um, but, I, but yeah, now I think about it and you say that, I actually believe it's a callus of my awakening. However, I've just put layers on top of it and as I break those layers down, that's when I'm actually feeling like I'm getting that next level of awakening. It's curious because... Um I've never really unpacked my drowning or my near drowning, I should say. Um, I, I, I certainly have memories around it, but I, I never kind of, because I've done a lot of past life healing. I've done a lot of, you know, my own healing from um, my, my, my history and, and things like that from my childhood and things like that. Um, but um, my memories were that, because I used to swim a lot, like my brother and I used to swim a lot at the pool with my mum. We, you know, lived in... Um, Willoughby and we on the North Shore um, so we're close to the beaches close to the pool and you know we used to like it was just little fish you know like little fish always swimming um, I just remember one day I was I was five and I was on the stairs at the pool and I was actually in the bigger pool which I didn't usually go into the bigger pool and I was only playing on the steps and I remember my mum she she was in the sauna which was right next door to the pool and she went in the sauna. I, I know that it's probably unheard of. No one would ever do that nowadays. But she probably thought I was fine because I was a little fish. Um, and I, I basically kind of drifted off the stairs and I lost, I lost footing. 
and I panicked and I, you know, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't um, find a way back to the stairs and, and whatnot. Um, and I do remember, you know, you know, yelling for help and, and things like that. I do remember mum uh, did come to my rescue. So I don't know, she somehow heard me. Um, but um, yeah, that was, that was pretty, that was pretty scary for me. But um, if I, if I unpack it now, I, I would probably have to say that it was probably like um, I learned in an early age because my mother worked night shift um, and also I was like a latchkey kid. I let myself in and she's a single mum, and so she was working night shift and sleeping during the day sometimes and all that kind of stuff. So I learned to really be super independent. And so for me, I think that experience of being in the pool, I should have known or, or be a big girl, you know, um, almost was like, um, you know, that reinforcing that story of, you know, be super independent, don't rely on anyone new, you know, that kind of story. So I feel like, yeah, um, I guess it was kind of connects to what we were talking about before, about being able to ask. I think for me, my biggest learning right now as a 46 year old woman, 41 years later, is to be a united leader, to connect with leaders that have unity oriented thinking, that it's not about me, 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 it's about we. So everything I do affects you, everything you do affects me. How can we um, come up with solutions, conversations, uh, programs uh, that lift people so that they help everyone else too? So that's kind of more, I've, I've transitioned across from the Miss Independent to um, now being, how do I do community um, and how do I do it well um, on the level that I, I really feel speaks to the majority of, of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing you, Michelle. We've got a lot of connections that we don't even know about <laughs> because I've, got, yeah, I've been through the same, same and similar type of thing. Before I talk on the connection type of thing, I want to go back to the, the scenario when you said you nearly drowned. When you, when you connect into that, though, how does it feel? You say you've got all these memories about it, but when you connect into the feeling of it, how do, what does it do for you? I feel pretty relaxed about it now. Like, I don't have any horror or fear or what have you. Probably because I'm able to, I've, I've dealt with a lot of those issues around replacing that feeling of I can't trust anyone or um, no one no one has my back, you know, I can't rely on my even my mother or something. I've replaced that with faith in spirit. So I've and that's one of my principles. So when I'm actually like reflecting on even the little girl going through that, I I, I remember it was horrific, but I even feel towards her as like um, oh, well, you need to form these beliefs for a while, but you'll get there eventually. Um, I kind of have some compassion for her um, having to live through that experience of thinking she had to be misindependent for all those years, you know. Um, I'm more excited than anything, to be honest, Michael, because it feels to me like I'm so far away from that level of thinking now. Um, I'm excited that... The universe is supporting me to do what I'm, you know, the messages that I'm sharing, but also that consciousness is catching up with that too quickly. And I'm excited to see what that brings. So yeah, really replaced. I've gone through that hole. I suppose I've gone worked through all the reef. I'm at, I'm at the joy end. <laughs> yeah, great. It's great that you, you feel that way about it and that there's nothing there and that you've taken the learning from. And 
moving on from that, back to the um, collaboration side of things, I think that's a great topic that you talk about there because I find a lot of coaches and entrepreneurs that I work with and even that I see out there in the field, they're so competitive in what they're doing and they don't actually realise that through attracting people from not attracting people to them. And I speak a lot about that and, and the, the, that's part of the communication process is being able to attract people rather than retract them. And collaboration for me is one of the huge keys to that because people say to me all the time, why do you give away so much knowledge? What do I say, well, because I'm happy to do that because at the end of the day, they can go and try and do what they want to do with that or take their perception of it. But the people that want me are going to be attracted to me. They're, they're going to attract differently to me than what they're going to attract to you or to that person over there. So you might as well all work together and all create the same common goal of making a difference rather than not making a difference. And all you're doing is fighting against each other. So I'm a huge on collaboration. I think the more that we can stand together and collaborate together to move forward, we've all got the same end goal. So what's the point of blocking each other on the way? <laughs> Absolutely. I have, I have felt that um, there is really no such thing as competition. Um, and the reason I say that is because I believe competition is an illusion. I believe that it's something we've created in our own little brains that we think exists, but the reality is it doesn't exist because people will find who they need to hear from when they need to hear it because that's their journey. And it's none of our business. We're not God. We, you know, we're not the ruler of the universe saying, well, you've got to go to me because I'm the best. And, you know, if we did, we probably, you know, people would probably get run a mile. Um, but that's the reality of the thought process is that if you don't go to me, I'm not good enough or that person's better than me. That's schoolyard stuff. In, in, and in leadership, I, I feel like in leadership circles, I feel that there's still schoolyard stuff going on. Um, but I, I feel that, you, you know, unity-oriented thinking leaders, um, I, I feel like, well, all we can do is show people and, and, and have faith that we believe that, that there is no such thing as competition and hold that energy and hold that space so that hopefully they'll graduate. You know, they'll go through the high school, they'll go through and, and we'll be saying they're going, you know, like not... Well, it took you a while, but because I'm sure, look, I've been through it too. I've, 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 I've measured my success by someone else's success. I've against someone else's success, you know, whether it be Doreen Virtue or Louise Hay or, you know, any of the big names, let's just, you know, that are out there. Um, I'm sure we've all done it if we're um, sharing the same kind of messages. So I think it's about saying I'm the only me that there is for the message I need to bring that to my business and that's cool. And so if I take care of that, then obviously people are going to get the best of me and I'm going to get the best of me as well rather than going, well, I sh you know, maybe I should be doing it how that person's doing it over there. Um, and or saying, well, they're not doing it as good as me because it's kind of that defence mechanism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Competition's fear. That's how I put it with people. Competition is fear, yeah. You're fearful of yourself first, but then you're also fearful of other people, which means you're never going to actually move forward or go anywhere with anything. It's, um, but it's funny how things happen. Like if you, 
if you're a person that's in that position of someone seeing you as competition, I'll take it as a compliment. And you know what? (laughs) And generally, you end up, yeah, it actually benefits you because you've attracted them. It means they're not going to be in your space and you generally open that space up for someone else to um, be attracted into. It's funny, I actually have a story recently where this happened to me. <laughs> I had a, um, a person who calls himself an authority in the media locally here in Australia who's seen that I was starting to um, do some stuff with people around communication in the media. Now, he doesn't do that, but he found, felt I was competing against him because he had the word media. <laughs> and I actually spoke to him or tried to speak to him several times to collaborate, but he was too too busy, too high up, I guess you could say, for what he was doing. Anyway, so that ended up retracting him from me. And I had a guy from Canada who's actually a media expert um, and dealt with a lot of hockey players in the NHL and that over there that now is on board and partnering with me to do stuff. It's like, how great is that? Just retracted that and attracted in someone else just by not being competitive and just doing what's doing what's natural what's there and not having fear i had a similar experience i invited someone on the show they're probably um at this beginning stage of where i am maybe they're outside my league could it, you could say like because i'm a, i'm only at the beginning stage of what i'm doing and i don't think that they would say that but on a vibrational frequency i felt that um when i pitched it to them to be involved because i love their message and then when i didn't hear back from them um, I prayed about it and I asked spirit about that and the message that I got through was really interesting not at all what I thought what I was going to hear but spirit said to me the reason why that person hasn't gotten back to you is because the work you are doing is focused on we and they're used to being focused on me and so in that way it's a threat what you're doing is a threat to what they're doing, not a value adding to what they're doing. So it would detract from them, which I, I was like, what? Because like, they're really like big. And I'm like, okay. Because I, I believe that the messages that they're, they're sharing are very focused on helping people at the me stage, right? Helping people at the me stage. And I think that's great. I think that's needed. That's required. Um, but not always a good fit. So, you know, people um, who are doing a great job in, in, in different zones of what I would call childhood development stages. You've got the people that are really great in the regenerative stage, which is, you know, dealing with the infant side of ourselves, the vulnerability and thawing out and learning how to feel. You've got the, the people that are really good at helping with the, the narcissism and the the boundary setting and the codependency and the enmeshment you've got, you know, with the toddler stage, you've got the people that are good at individuation and, and helping people to find who they are as people. And then you've got the people at the independent stage, which is more about community, but also it's about interdependency as well. And, and learning what we, what we do, which is about that, that how do you, how do you work and weave um, what we're doing um, so that you, not only know that the ripples flow, but you can somehow talk about um, that particularly because I feel that, that everything that happens, where, whether we're making decisions, whether we're helping people with their business, um, whether we've got an opinion about current affairs, everything that goes on in here is rippling out all the time, right? Yeah, so I agree with that. And I, I love the outlook on the me versus we. 
And the first thought they come to a mind when you said that, well, M's before W in the alphabet, isn't it? So you got to go through that process. You got to go through the M before you can get to the W. So you go through me before you can get to we. I like that. And yeah. and, and it's funny. You said to me the other day, I believe in me and we. And I thought to myself, I didn't think this at the time. I love that too. But w <laughs> the funny thing is about that is that in we is me. Like it is. And um, that, I mean, you don't have to have me and we because in we, me is in in the way so <laughs> it's it's an interesting concept um you could talk about it for hours really um but anyway we're kind of coming to the end of it but um I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation i'm sure we could talk for a long time um on and on about our whatever comes through because it's so so interesting but uh, just how can people find you and just um letting people know anything coming up or just how they can find you and connect with you further because what you're doing is amazing michael yeah, Michelle, it's been a pleasure um, talking to you, and I'm sure we'll have more, many more conversations through here and even off here. <laughs> um, if people want to get in contact with me, you can just go at Life Pilot. So for Facebook, that's my page, business page that I've got there. Um, feel more than free to privately connect with me, Michael Clark. Um, you'll be able to find me. You can see my mug on this, so you'll be able to see what I'm looking like. Because I'm open to connecting with like-minded people that are that are all about the we and all about collaborating and all about making a difference as, as a team and as a we, not as individuals. So, and I'll specifically work with coaches and entrepreneurs because for me, they're the ones that are making the big differences that really want to go out there and make the difference. So that's what that's why I work with those types of people. So yeah, so we just go to at Life Pilot or you can personally connect with me, Michael Clark on Facebook. That's where I do most of my work and then we can start communications from there. Awesome, and um, and Michael and I, we have a, a Q and A um, scheduled for next Thursday, the second of February, on, between twelve and one pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. So um, we're going to do a live stream from my Facebook page. So um, if you if you've got something to say, uh, if you're a coach, if you're an entrepreneur, if you want to share some of your wisdom, if you want to respond to some stuff that we've talked about, um, if you have a question for either of us, join the discussion because we're all about the we and it's another opportunity to bring you in and to engage with um you beautiful people out there so thank you michael so much again for joining me and supporting me and supporting this vision to role model enlightened conversations because somebody's got to do it hey yeah it's been it's been great michelle and i love what you're doing and just a quick one for everyone out there just remember live to love you that's all i want to say live what was it live to love you Oh, beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much again, Michael, and lots of blessings. Take care.